Welcome to My Fertility Journey, Life Chats with Bianca Bullissian. today's episode, I have Jennifer Robertson. Jennifer is a fertility coach and an author. She has a wonderful Instagram feed, a Facebook support group, a YouTube channel, and now a book coming out this week. You can find all of those links on the notes. Her story is one of sadness, anger, and frustration that turned into strength, hope, and resilience. She today has two beautiful children and an unusual yet fascinating story to tell. I identify a lot with what she shared in terms of having bad thoughts about losing yourself and having to pick up the pieces to rebuild yourself into an even better version of you. She gives us great advice of self-care and how to avoid the mistakes that she made to have a better experience while struggling to conceive. Trigger warning for some swearing, although I think we did behave quite well, the two of us. And also for miscarriage. She talks openly about that throughout the conversation. Hello, Jennifer. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you here. So thank you so much for um, for meeting me. Um, it was it's has been great following you on Instagram. That's where I found you, and I think I got you, or I got you. I uh, found you right when you started talking about your book launch. So congratulations on that. So it's been fun just sort of like following your videos, and I identified with your style. I think I, the first video I saw of you, besides like your posts and your inspirational um, quotes and stuff was just talking about the book and and how you had that book club coming up and you were going to release more details and there was like some f-bombs and I'm like okay this is like (laughs) up my alley let's I want to chat with this girl (laughs) I want to see what this is all about so I've been just following how you're just gearing up towards the the launch of the book which I'm uh, excited excited to get one myself when it comes out so we'll get to that in the end. But in the beginning, I would like you to share as much as you would like about your fertility journey and how you got here where you are. Yeah, sure. Um, It's funny that you say that. I always actually, I should have asked you before I came on here, am I allowed to swear on this show? Because it's hard not to talk about infertility and not swear in the same part. Because that's, you know, that sometimes you just need to, to let it all, all hang out. Yes, so, no, I will have trigger. Me. Yeah, I'll have trigger warnings in the beginning. So you are free to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my, my story is, um, my story is long. And, and, and it filled a whole, a whole book, which I never would have imagined. But you know, like most couples, we, I met my husband, we got married, I was 33 at the time, which, you know, you, you listen to any kind of doctor and they and they say, wow, that's kind of on the, the edge of the, the spectrum. Yeah. And so on our honeymoon, we decided that we would start to, to try and have a baby and, and it was the most exciting thing mm-hmm. ever. And six months later, things were not so exciting anymore. I, we, were, we were struggling. We were struggling in our relationship with sex because it was this, it became, you know, all about having a baby. And so six months into marriage, we, we found a fertility specialist and walked in there and went, we just, we need help. And, and their first reaction was suggesting IVF. And, and at the time, I just needed a, a solution to my problem, which was I wanted a baby. And everything I had been taught up until that point was that if you just push harder, if you just try harder and, and increase the effort, then you'll get whatever you want. You know, I was, was raised by a single mom of of three kids and and I saw her work really hard for everything that she achieved. So that was my 
that that was the, the thing that I measured everything against. And so I'd done it my whole life. I'd gotten to a very good point in my career. I was very driven and this just escaped me. So I think that's why when they suggested IVF, I just went straight into it without even asking any questions of whether this oh, was wow. the best thing for me because I just, I had a problem and this was the solution to my problem. And I was so solution focused. I just wanted a baby and I was ready to be off this, which in hindsight, six months, you know, you look at it and you go six months. Well, that's not very long at all compared yeah. to the seven years that I was on the journey. But, but back then it, it really hurts. You go into it thinking that yeah. this is going to be amazing. And you watch all of these movies where people get their babies quickly and, oh, and you God. never, you never watch. There's never a movie about people struggling with sex and struggling to fall pregnant. It's always the vice versa. It's it's about people accidentally falling pregnant yes. and all of that. So this is it was a shock. So so we went down the path of IVF thinking, okay, great, this is our this is our answer. And we thought that it would just happen. And I went in for my first cycle. And halfway through it, they had to stop because they realized that I wasn't getting a lining on my uterus. And and our doctor said, look, we'll we'll keep on going. We'll we'll go through the egg retrieval and we'll see what we get. And then we'll work out how what we can do with you after that point. So we ended up with I think it was about five embryos from that and and then for the next six to 12 months we floated between doctors between natural therapies we tried homeopaths acupuncture diets I googled absolutely everything just trying to work out a way that we could thicken my lining we tried different specialists and and exploratory surgeries and Viagra pessaries, anything that you can think of, we threw at it and wow. nothing would nothing would work. And during during this time, were you going for cycle monitoring or did you like take a break and come back, take a break and come back to check we the lining always, and if it was working? You no, know, well, we took it, we did take a break. So from our first fertility specialist, because she basically said to us, I, I'm not quite sure what to do with you. We'd got to the end of the road with her. And so, yeah, I guess we went rogue for a while and and just tried everything that we could, not knowing whether it was working or not. The only the only reason we knew it wasn't working was because every single month I was not being, I was not falling pregnant. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, we, we just, we weren't quite sure what to do. And eventually... We'd been on the, the path for about a year and a half or two years and our fertility specialist at the time basically sat us down and said, look, the only way that you're ever going to have a baby of your very own is to go via a surrogate. They said to me, your chances of, of falling pregnant naturally are 0.01%. So this is this is what you have to do. And I'm a, I'm a control freak. I, I like to be in control. I have that perfect picture in my head and, and it really threw me on my ass because everything that I had pictured up until then included me being pregnant and me having the feelings and me having the dream and all of those different things. And, and now I was being told that, no, that's that's not how this looks for you anymore. So we were, we were lucky that my sister-in-law, um, my husband's sister, put her hand up and said that she would have a baby for us. That's and amazing. It, I just absolutely I, yes, amazing. my hat's off to people that that just do that. And yeah, that's how was that for you being your sister-in-law? Was it weird in the beginning? Like did you have to wrap your head around it a bit? Yes. Because <laughs> it's a funny it sort of weird. situation. It was weird yeah. the whole way through. The whole way through because okay. we were we were close but it's not like it was my own sister. So we were having conversations about things that you just shouldn't have conversations about, you know, her cycle and, and, and things that were going on. And my poor husband was having conversations with his sister about things that no brother should have a conversation <laughs> with his sister about. But, but here we were. So we, we muddled through it. And surrogacy in Australia, like commercial surrogacy in Australia is not legal. So we couldn't pay her, we couldn't, like there were so many limits on what we could and couldn't do. So she really was doing it out of the goodness of her own heart, which is just absolutely incredible. And we thought that this was the solution to our problem. 
but of course things <laughs> very rarely go according to plan on this journey and and it took us two years so two years wow. we dragged her through which was really hard as well because it's one thing you you dragging yourself and your partner through it but it's another thing carrying someone else along on the journey yeah. that that was really difficult so we we ended up going through was it nine cycles in total and we had a miscarriage so so she had a miscarriage which was absolutely gut-wrenching because we had done this to her and she was now a member of a club that no woman wants to be a part of. So we, we had the guilt. And also by that stage, we'd been on the journey for almost four years. So I had nothing to give her. I couldn't support myself, let alone supporting her. So it was, the only, the only way I can describe it is messy. It was just so messy. messy. And we just ran and ran and we didn't look back. And we just went cycle after cycle and we all just wanted to be off it. it there was nothing pleasant a, about any of it really at that point in time. We just wanted to wow. get the hell off that roller coaster. And so eventually, eventually she, she fell pregnant again and this one stuck and a little boy Luca was born. So he is almost six now which was Absolutely. absolutely amazing and such an experience in itself. And, and two weeks after Luca was born and put in my arms, I fell pregnant naturally. That is crazy, isn't it? It yeah. is. And that's the only word for it. It's crazy. So that was, that was a bit of a shock considering a, a board of doctors. So I had to go before a board of doctors <laughs> and they had to declare that there was no other way for us to have a baby but by a surrogate. And here I yeah. was a newborn baby in my arms and I was, I was pregnant. pregnant. It's one of those things that you're like, Oh, it's a miracle, you know? And how does it feel? Because we, we hear this a lot. We hear so many stories, right? Oh, so-and-so adopted and got pregnant. I have someone um, as well that had a very bad uh, miscarriage, um, like so close to, to labor. It was just horrible. And then they went to surrogacy. And then while the the woman was pregnant, the she got pregnant as well. So they mm-hmm. both were born. They're almost like twins, two girls. So you hear all these stories. And like when you're going through the journey, it's like, I don't want to hear that. Right. Or it's, it's almost on the lines of the, oh, when you, when you relax, right. Or if you're distracted and you go on vacation and then it's going to happen. And we know how horrible that is. Like, don't ever say that to someone that's trying to conceive, just don't. But the, this, like when you're in it, how does it feel? And then if you can go, I think it might cut your story a little bit, but how do you then take that experience into your fertility coaching because it's such a delicate situation right it's like it's like the dream I know you went through like hell um and the three of you it seems so intense what you what you went through but how does it yeah how does it feel being on the other side and you're like this is a dream I probably not like that but (laughs) how does does that work Uh, we we were in shock so And, and I felt guilty. So here was, you know, my sister-in-law and she still had stitches in her stomach from the, the cesarean that she had. And, and I had to tell her that I was pregnant. So it turns out, oh, sorry, I didn't need you after all. Uh, so it was this incre- incredible amount of guilt, this fear I'd just become a mother and here I was a, a mother going to become, become a mother again and we'd, and I'd go for the blood test and I'd have a newborn baby and they'd be looking at me going, this isn't possible. This is not possible. And, and yeah, people had told me all along, you know, you hold out hope for a miracle and all of those things. And now that I am on the other side and now that I am a fertility coach, this is the part of my story. I, I mean, I embrace all of my story now but it is the part that I do feel uncomfortable talking to other people who are on the journey because there's so many mixed messages. I want to scream from the rooftops that you can be the exception. You know, you don't have to be the rule. Anything is possible. So on one hand, I want to shout that as loud as I can because 
I was the exception and anyone can be it. But on the other hand, it really hurts mm. because you're holding out hope to be the exception. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that I have to tread really lightly and 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 create that balance in between that says, you know, you don't you don't have to walk away or you don't have to, I hate to say give up because because it's not like I don't feel like it's giving up it is choosing something different yes but you don't you know anything is possible but I think we need to be realistic in this journey as well I'm, yes. I'm all about creating that middle of the road instead of going and, and going I have I'm going to throw everything I have all of the hope in the world and I'm just you know like there's hope bubbles kind of bubbling out of me to going into it with this is hopeless and this is never going to happen I'm never going to become a mum I think it's that there's that sweet spot that we need to find in the middle of, yes, there are exceptions to every rule. And yes, I could be the exception, but I'm going to carry on regardless of, you know, the hope of becoming the exception. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And it probably is a matter of choosing as well, depending on the person, right? When you're doing private coaching, I'm sure some people are ready to hear that and the the hope sort of story and then some people maybe not and then you can sort of just withdraw and keep that information more at bay and not talk about that part so much do you think yeah do you feel absolutely that? look and I, and I still bring it out because there were certain things that did happen on my journey that I do believe caused it I don't believe it was just a miracle and and whatever whatever faith you believe in granted me a child no there were physical changes that were made not on purpose but inside of me for up until that point for five years I had been branded or I had branded myself with this label of I am infertile Mm. and and it was such a I was going to say guilt but it was this burden that I placed on myself and and I felt like I was less of a woman. We we are we grow up and we're taught that our body is for reproducing and our breasts are for feeding, our hips are for birthing. Like we are created for that purpose. And here I was every single month for seven or for five years at that point. And my body was telling me, I'm sorry, but you nope. this isn't. This is not, you know, we're, we're broken. We are shut up shop and there is no possibility here for you. So that was, that was really, really tough. Yeah, it's, um, it's something that I've been um, working on as well. And it's the feeling like you failed and feeling like you're broken and um, not, uh, not accepting is not the word. Just, just not liking, straight up not liking your body anymore, right? Looking in the mirror and just like falling apart and this, it's, it's painful. And I think when you do get a somewhat recovery from that, it's a trauma, isn't it? Every single month when 100%. you get your period, it's like a trauma, traumatic event. I, I find that very true. And I think we don't talk about it like that so much because trauma is a very strong word. And I think a lot of people go through things that are maybe in your face more traumatic, right? But mm. the just when you want that child so bad, and the only sign of you getting your dream is not getting your period, getting your period is like just the worst every single month. Let's go through the the story of how you then um, how that story finished. So you had so then you had two babies. Yes. So, yes. so I, here I was pregnant with, uh, with a, um, with a newborn baby and, and all of that. And unfortunately, nine weeks later, I had a miscarriage. So that was, that, that was probably, I've probably never been angrier in my whole life because we had made the decision that we were only, well, we were only going to have one baby because that's, we weren't going to go through all of that again. Not only could we not afford it, but we, we just weren't there emotionally and, and we just weren't going to. So we'd made that decision that once we had Luca, we were, we were done. We were finally going to be free of this fertility 
journey and everything that it entails. And here, then I was thrown back on it and given this immense amount of hope and joy. And I was finally going to get my dream that of, of the beautiful pregnancy that I had worked towards so hard. And then all of a sudden I was thrown off it again. And, and I honestly was like, what, what kind of kind of life is this? Like what, what kind of universe, what kind of God, like what, what, what is going on here? And, and I had no one to, to blame or I had no one to take my anger out on. So it, it bubbled. I was, I was so like, I feel like the glory and the beauty of what we had just created, which was a baby that was five years in the making, it was ripped away from me because I wasn't able to, I was grieving a miscarriage and a different picture that I, that had been planted in my head while I was still nursing a newborn baby. It was so, it was really screwed up. And, and, and it's taken me now since I was actually writing my book to be able to delve back into it and go through the grief that was associated with it. Because of course I I'd gotten into such a, a bad habit for those five years of pushing down my emotions that that's exactly what I did. I just pushed it down and kept on moving. And, but something inside me changed as well. I had that little bit of hope. And, and I think sometimes in the darkest of moments, you can find the greatest of hope. And for me, it happened in a miscarriage because I'd never been pregnant up until that point. Never, mm. never in my whole gazillion times that I had peed on that stick had I ever gotten a positive. And here I was, I had a positive. And while it didn't end the way I wanted it to, it gave me that little bit of hope that, hey, I can do this. And it gave me the confidence. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, my body knows what it's doing now. It's fixed itself and, and I can do this. So we were not really trying, but kind of trying. It's one of those things, you know, when you condition yourself so much, I, I don't know about you, but on my journey, I learned so much about my body oh, and every absolutely. single tweak and twinge. When we first started, I didn't even know what my period looked like. I'd been on the contraceptive pill for almost 16 years. I skipped my period most months because it was just inconvenient. So I didn't even know what it looked like. I didn't even know what ovulation was or anything. But five years down the track, I knew every twin. I knew when I was ovulating and it was yeah. inbuilt in me even when when we were going down the path of surrogacy. It was still inbuilt in me every single month to... Yeah. To, to monitor and every time that I was a day late you get that hope and the what yeah. if this could be it and and yeah. it's still I was speaking to someone yesterday and it, and I still get that even though it, there, there is no possibility mm -hmm. even you know, <laughs> like I still it's it's something that is really inbuilt in you that every time you get your period you're like oh Hmm, okay yeah. and then you're like whoa well actually I, I'm okay now I'm That's not in so there interesting it's part it's part of the trauma I believe I think it's just it, it comes so ingrained I find there's the the period there's also the halfway through when you're ovulating and if you don't feel like you want to have sex or right do you still feel like oh maybe we should and like that's <laughs> yeah, right and you're like, like oh no I don't point. I'm not I don't want babies anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's really bizarre. So so I was so in tune that even though I say that we weren't mentally trying, I still knew what my body was doing and I still yes. knew when I should have sex, but we weren't making such a big deal out of it because it really did ruin everything about our sex life um when when we're on the journey. So I tried to keep that completely separate and 6 months later we fell pregnant again and and now we have Sophie who's almost uh almost Bible, she's four and a half so there's 17 months in between them and and they have this amazing story yeah and you said you started at 20 uh, 33 right mm -hmm. so yeah. how old were you when you had Sophie 39 39 so six yeah. years yeah. yeah and so as, as I said you know I'm not not saying yes miracles will happen but they they can't they actually and, do yeah yeah and, and I'd taken a step back as I said before there were there were there were things that I did unconsciously and I was always a very driven person in my career and and all of that and as soon as I went on maternity leave 
I took the step back. I created some space. I, I put down the emotional baggage that I'd been carrying. I'd stopped planning my life down to the minute and the second. And, and there was there was some space there and, and it wasn't push, push, go, go. So I'd let it, let it go a little bit. And I think that that's really important to do, but it's a really hard thing to do when, when you've been trained your whole life and your belief system is about, I need to be productive every second of the day. And that's, yeah. that's what I, I try to encourage with my clients to, it's okay to not be productive. It's okay not to be in a cycle. And I, I think with COVID and all of that, it was so tough because all of a sudden you're saying, I need to be doing something physically. I need to be in a cycle or I need to be seeing someone or all I need to be physically doing things. But there are so many things that you can still be doing and rest is one of those. Stopping, creating some space, creating mindful moments, that is actually doing things. Yes. And that is being even more productive than, than pushing and running and, and Googling and taking all of the, the magical herbs and the fertility teas and, and all of those different things. I always say, if it doesn't give you joy, then don't do it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's great advice. I think I think in in the world right now, we're we're not used to it. Um, just like taking a step back and not feeling guilty, right? For for just mm -hmm. sitting on the couch, you don't need to be like googling, what should I be eating at this time of my cycle? You know, like there's always something that we feel like we can Google to make it better. What other sup other supplements I can take or right? Yeah, so and we, we overcomplicate it so much. And and we are lucky that there is so much information and resources out there that are free. And there are things that we can be doing. I'm not saying that you just sit on your on your butt on the couch and just wait for your baby to come to you. There are definitely some yeah. things that you can be doing, but in a a more relaxed manner, in, in less of a frenzy that all of a sudden you hear that that pineapple is good for fertility and you, and you buy stocks in pineapple plantations and things like that. It's, it's all about everything in moderation. As I said, if it doesn't make you feel good, I have like, we went through and we, and we tried acupuncture and the first acupuncturist that I went to, I was trying to squeeze in the appointments in between work or before work. And it was, and I was only doing it because I had researched and read that acupuncture is good for fertility. So while we're on our IVF cycles, that's what I did, but it caused me more stress. And so the second time around when, you know, when we'd had Luca, I started going to an acupuncturist just, and, and it was such a beautiful space and I would go on the weekends and, and it was, it was lovely and, and it was calming and I would walk out of there floating. And I think that that was the big difference. So yes. absolutely do it, but it needs to be something that makes you feel amazing. And same with your exercise, like the old way of I must exercise to lose weight and to remain in shape. You're, you're actually trying to create a baby and, and looking good and, and, you know, being fit in in terms of those sorts of things, like that, that's yeah. not the priority. We're yes. trying to create a, a beautiful place for a baby to grow. So our old ways of pushing and pushing, we need to reverse engineer them and do things that we really want to be doing, gentle stuff, yoga, Pilates, going yes. for walks out into nature. Like it's just this, and, and it's, a, it's a reversing of everything that we've, done pretty much our our whole life it was for me anyway yes yes I relate a lot with the acupuncture part because I had a needle phobia and I'm happy to say I had in the past tense because I don't love needles but I definitely don't have a phobia anymore the sweaty palms the sobbing the yeah so it took it took IVF to, to get me um, out of that phobia and a lot of inner work but I felt as well when I was looking into that in the beginning, it was 
so much stress going to it. And then I found one that someone recommended and it's like, this is the best guy in town for fertility acupuncture. And I'm like, okay, that's where I'm going. And I had to take a subway and then the streetcar. And then I was doing it through my first IVF transfer. And I was doing the progesterone needles. And I had a terrible experience with it. And I couldn't walk like my glutes seized my hips just I walked like an old woman. And for a Pilates instructor, like that was extra traumatic because I knew what I was doing to like my biomechanics and all that. So that was like, oh my God, I need to get off of this. But I could, I could barely walk. Like every step brought tears to my eyes. And I went through on the subway and the streetcar and walked up the stairs because there was no elevator to get to this office. I'm like, what am I doing? this is stupid. And it was like counterproductive because just the expectation. And that was the time I was, I still had the phobia. So I still had the anxiety and the tears while I was doing it. And I like, couldn't move. It was just horrible. I'm like, this is just doesn't make any sense. I do have a wonderful acupuncturist though, that if you follow me on Instagram, I talk about her all the time. I'm obsessed with her suit. It's like you described beautiful place. There's greens everywhere. She is, it's just the right person, you know, and I'm at the right time as well. To, to see her right so everything matches so um with that I also I wanted to ask you like in the in the end of it did you feel even though you went through so many years of so much hardship and and the, tra the trauma of the your sister-in-law's miscarriage and then your own miscarriage did you feel though that your coping um emotionally was different or was it always like very hard and and dramatic if you will um it was it it was all hard it was all yeah. hard I've only just started to do the work that I needed to be doing back then now okay. so in the last couple of years I have done so much work in terms of myself and um you know, my body and my diet and all of those different things. I'm only just starting to do it now, but I really should have done it back then. And same with, with dealing with the trauma that happened out of it. I'm dealing with it. Well, I really was dealing with it as part of writing my book. So that was the, the catalyst that, that brought against all of it. So I would love to be able to say, and I always say this to my clients, I'd love to be able to say, yeah, do what I did, but no, don't do what I did do do something different and yes. and I think that if someone puts their hand up for coaching or courses or, or things like that then I think that's they're ahead of the curve you know they're ahead of where I was because I just I had the attitude of I can I can fix this myself and and I don't need help and I was in denial and so so no to answer your question no I wasn't I wasn't doing the coping things that I really should have been doing and and I think that's why I'm so passionate about now because I know firsthand the damage that it does. And yeah, we got to the end and, and we now have two beautiful children, but it caused so much trauma and, and it created some really bad habits that I'm only just starting to break now. So it's one of those things that, I mean, the, you know, I'm not saying that, that we did everything everything wrong one of the big things that we did right was I just kept on we just kept on getting back up and and searching and and pushing and and all of that and while I think that if I had taken a different attitude then I probably would have got to the end a lot sooner but but yeah we just we just didn't walk away and, and I am really proud of that I think that that's such an amazing thing and now I can look back and, and see everything that we walked through and now I can look back and go, wow, that was epic. Yeah. If I can survive that, I can survive absolutely anything. So this journey, the journey pretty much broke me apart and I've just been able to build it back together, but build it back together so much better than it was ever in the very beginning. 
Yeah, that was going to be my question. I have goosebumps because um, it's it's so true. It, it does break you and then you have to find a way to, to put yourself together. Would you um, like looking back at the person you were and um, and as a couple as well, you and your husband, would you would you take it back? Would you change no. the journey? Yeah, no, no, I, I don't. Even even if I had poured into myself, like I think that I think I needed to learn the hard way, and in order to be able to teach others who are on the journey, I needed to do it wrong, if that makes sense, in order to to get where I am now. So I wouldn't, while I wouldn't choose it, I, I don't I don't have any real regrets. I don't wish that it was any other way. I, you know, we always have this this picture in our head. Well, I did a picture in our head of, of, you know, sitting down with your kids when you put them to bed and telling them this beautiful story of how mummy and daddy got married. And then, you know, we fell pregnant and I felt every single kick inside of me and I used to sing to you and all of that. I, I had that in my head and and I don't get to tell them that story. But my story is is so much more colourful and it's all about strength and and what we did to fight for them every single every single day for so long and and now I get to I mean it might be a little while until I actually show them the book but <laughs> it's just it, their story is incredible and it's one that gives people goosebumps so our story is while it's not ideal and while I would never have chosen it, it is amazing. And that's why I had to write this book because yeah. we would tell people what would happen and, and it would have them in tears. And, and it's funny when you go on the journey, it's not until you look back and, and I would encourage any of your listeners, it doesn't matter how long you've been on this journey, look back to what you have actually endured and survived and it's not until I actually sat down and wrote my book that I was able to look back and go wow that was absolutely epic and it really is an amazing story it has absolutely every single twist and turn that you can possibly imagine and and it's not just about the pain it's also about the hope it's about the getting back up it's it's about you know the, the day that we told our little boy that he he had not grown in my tummy, that he had actually grown in his Auntie Renee's tummy. Like that that's one of those moments that that I will I'll remember forever. And if we'd had the beautiful, easy story, I wouldn't have that moment. So it's it's yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I every I story has it. its beauty. Yeah. 100 percent and you know while I was in it 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 wasn't it wasn't (laughs) beautiful it was messy it was crazy it was heartbreaking I was angry all of those different things and it's only just now I can actually look back and go wow it was a love story yes when did you um, realize you wanted to help people did it just happen did you have the thought for a long time how did that go I do you know it's it's not something that had occurred to me but I, I, I just like every single time I told my story to people, they would say how incredible it was, and and it's not until I told some people that they were, they put up their hand and went, me too, I had a miscarriage too, and and every single to- time I told my story to someone, it would you would find this you'd see this relief on their face that would be and all of a sudden they would open up to me and and I was able to share my story and that connection and and that's what planted the seed and I'd always wanted to write a book but I didn't know what it was going to be about and so all of these seeds just kind of aligned and at the time I was mm-hmm. I was I had a business coach and and she kind of said to me Jen just write write a story write your write it I was like, okay. And so, yeah, at the very beginning, I started a, a free Facebook community called Your Fertility Haven. And, and it was just about providing support and sharing my story to other women who were on the journey. And, and the more I did that, the more, the more comfort they got. And the more 
I was able to deal and and walk through my story as well and, and actually see the beauty in it. So it just kind of it grew and then I started doing free free courses and and giving them tips and and really just sharing my story and and that's when it started started growing from there and I and I created courses and I held empowerment days and and then I started the the private coaching as well. Oh, that's pretty cool. Such a, yeah, it's very inspiring. It really is to be able to like share your story and, and then coach women that are going through a hard time, like you said that so they can create the coping mechanisms and deal with the troubles as they're going through, which is something that you didn't get to that, right? So I think that is, it's just so beautiful and honorable. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's more about just allowing women to feel like they're, they're not alone and and just because they have these horrible negative thoughts in their head doesn't make them a bad person as well in my story in, in my book like I, sh- I share I would describe it as the brutal truth so so the the truth of what was really going on behind this the fake smiles of my exterior every time I told someone that I was fine what was really going on underneath because I denied it to other people but I denied it to myself as well and so I think that I just thought that I was crazy with all of these negative thoughts because when I first you know when I started this journey I was confident I was in control I was Mm. happy I was I I was I was the positive bubbly person and then all of a sudden that slips away and you get consumed and and you can't be happy for other people who are falling pregnant and in fact their happiness causes you pain and I thought that I just had lost myself and and I was a bad person and I thought that the negative thoughts that I had in my head and the crazy I like I just thought that I was going insane so this this book actually shares the thoughts that were going through my head and and I know that anyone who may read it who has not gone through this may think that perhaps I am a bad person or perhaps I am ungrateful because at the end of the day, I wanted to have a baby myself and yeah. we had to go through surrogacy. And, and so it's, yeah, it's, it's the truth. And so any, any woman who is going through this, she will feel relief. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> relief. You know that because you carry, you carry so much baggage and so much shit on this journey. And just being able to put down that one bag of guilt that this is just me. And that if I was just a better person, I'd be able to feel happy for other people. Like just knowing that it's not you that that's go, is going through that. It's going to be, yeah, instant relief, yes. instant lightness. And, and, and I share all of the lessons that I learned along the way as well. Things that I you know, that I, that I learned the hard way. So it's not only inspirational, it's also what, what can you do differently? Yeah. So you can take, you can take action as well, using your experience that we, for us that are still going through it. That's important. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting, but I think like what, what you just mentioned, if someone is not going through this journey, they might think you're a crazy or a bad person. But I think in the end of the day, we all have our shit. We all have our shit we're going through. It doesn't matter if it's because you can't have a baby or you can't buy your dream house or your job sucks, whatever it is, relationships, all the struggles, we actually go through the same thing, right? So like I used to, I used to talk with some friends of mine that might not like be with the person that they dreamt of yet. Right. So I'm like, you know, we can, we can talk about our struggles and there is going to be, there are going to be things that we can relate, even though our journeys are so different, right? Because we're all just looking to be happy and and we all have these thoughts right like jealousy thoughts and anger and like why is this happening and so I think that I think it's good for people to read other people's journeys regardless if you're in that same situation or not mm-hmm. um, absolutely and right I, and I think it's really important as well for for other people because they don't understand. No. Nope. If they if they only know, and I'll take for example, you know, your partner. So I I have a lot of clients who their partners just don't understand why they can't be happy for other people. 
why after a miscarriage they can't just move on from it and why they can't get into this space and they really don't understand and they actually because because their partner is the only one that is that they know who's going through it they think and not out of disrespect but they actually think that it's just them so so understanding that no it's not just your partner that is feeling like Mm -hmm. this other women this is normal and it's creating this new normal like to feel this way, it's normal. Like you don't have to, like there are different things that you can do, but this feeling is normal and trying to push them and guilt them into, into feeling like a really bad person, then it, it's not serving anyone. So yeah. it's really trying to normalize that this is, this is how this is what goes on inside. Yes. And pretending sometimes, you know, we try to pretend that we're okay. Right. Oh, I'm going to pretend that I want to go to that baby shower. (laughs) Yes. And that's another thing. Why do we do that? Oh my goodness. Why? Why? And that's another thing that I'm a big believer of. Say no. No. This is, you know, and, and if I can give your audience one tip, you are the most important part of not just this equation for, for having a baby, but your life. You're the most important person. So you need to put yourself first. You need to, to take care of you and, and your feelings and your emotions. And if you don't want to go to that damn baby shower, don't go to it. Like there is, don't you have go. nothing to prove. You have nothing to prove that you're a hero or that you're amazing or anything like that. You're already amazing. So yes. you don't have to punish yourself. Don't go to the baby shower. Don't plan the baby shower. And you don't have to explain why. Yes, absolutely. You don't owe anyone anything. Yes. Mm-mm. That's yeah, great all about, advice. It's all about protecting yourself and 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 creating creating a bubble for yourself, creating an island. You know, you you, you want to create a baby, so you will protect them. So in order to protect them, you have to protect yourself first. Yes. That's beautiful. That's beautiful too. That's a great way to finish, I think. I wanted to ask you a question that I am asking all guests. Do you have anything that happened through your journey or anyone that came to you that was um, significant that you can use as advice for our listeners, maybe someone that they can look up um, online or a book or a saying that maybe helped you through the hard times, anything? Wow. Um, I don't believe that I was really into reading and there was no social media or anything like that. So yeah, the only thing that I would say was that you're, you're not crazy and you are not alone and pour into yourself. There are so many books out there now on, on mindset. And I think that that is the most important thing. If you can just consume a whole lot of stuff on, on growing you and taking care of you, then, then I think that that's the most important thing. That's perfect. That's perfect. And um, if you don't mind telling our listeners where to find you and also more details about the book, and what's happening with that launch. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So I, I hang out the most on Instagram. I think that it is a beautiful community and I find that it's really open because you are able to be anonymous and share about your journey. So I love it over there. So that's where I pour the most. So my Instagram handle is Miss Jennifer Robertson. And I also have a YouTube channel, which is very similar to a podcast. I have got about 50 interviews over there of authors and and inspirational people and nutritionists and all the different things and and I share tips and and tricks for for that so um over on YouTube if you just search Jennifer Robertson that should come up as well um I also have a private Facebook community called Your Fertility Haven which you can jump into um, and of course, I've got my website, which is www.jenniferrobertson.co. Um, and, and my book, oh my yes. goodness, my book. <laughs> so it's called The Injustice of Infertility, which it is aptly titled because 
at the end of the day, infertility, it's just not fair. It's not fair why one couple gets the dream and you struggle year after year, cycle after cycle, month after month, and, and inject yourself in the stomach and, and yourself to all of these different things. So it really is unfair. So that's why I titled it The Injustice of Infertility. So it is out um, in on Amazon and Booktopia and all of those different channels on the 20th of November, which I'm really excited about but if you want to make sure that you get all of the news I'll be promoting it I will be sharing little snippets of the book and some free little gifts along the way up until launch so if you want to jump over onto my website and just subscribe to um, to my mailing list you won't miss out on any of those details. That's perfect. Jennifer, thank you so much. Such a pleasure, such an easy conversation to have. Like I'm sure that we could unpack and keep talking um, even more. Thank you for your time and good luck with the book launch. I'm looking forward to reading it as well. So thanks for being here and I hope to keep in touch. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I, I love just, I love chatting. I love chatting about and sharing. So, so thank yes. you. And thank you for all that you do as well. inspiring story, isn't it? I just love talking to Jennifer and hear her stress the importance of mindset in this journey. That was a very important piece for me too, to help manage the bad thoughts, the feelings of guilt, shame, and all that. Jennifer's book is already on Amazon, so click on the link on the notes and go check it out. And once you finish listening, take a screenshot and tag us both on Instagram so we can check in with you too. It's at myfertilityjourney.ca and at Miss Jennifer Robertson. And for now, have a lovely week and I'll see you next Tuesday with a new episode. Lots of love and see you soon. This podcast wouldn't be up and running if it wasn't for the help of a few very special people. You can find my special thanks to them all at myfertilityjourney.ca. And if you want to keep in touch, find me on Instagram on at myfertilityjourney.ca. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, leave a review to support the show and share it with anyone you think might benefit from it. Love you all and I'll see you soon.